Welcome to Shit Talk Fridays, a podcast where we talk about all things lifestyle and relationships with a splash of controversy. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. <laughs> and I'm already laughing because Evo, like, we had to take another take and Evo was like, I'm just, I'm just excited. I'm just excited to be here. It's just, you know, start with the fuckery. Why not? No, you're excited to drink. I am. Yeah, that's what I it am. is. It's already been a long week. <laughs> it's been a long day. How about that? <laughs> it definitely has. <laughs> Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Uh, we are drinking just straight ass tequila because, you know, we trying to watch the waste and shit. And thank you for introducing that. Yeah. I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but you could say what type of tequila it is because I'm I'm not the greatest at pronouncing. Uh, this um, this is an Añejo, uh, which has lately been my favorite. What does that translate to? Añejo. Mm-hmm. A- and it just means like a old, like a, um, it's aged longer. Okay. It's like a like año is like year. Yeah. Like añejo, it would be like like know, a very like long really, year. Really, like a really, really aged. Oh, okay. Good to know. Good to know, cause you know I be on my Duolingo. Yeah, it's just the the way that they age it. I guess that's what's called añejo. Uh, but and you can always tell an añejo by its distinct uh, gold like color. It's either reposado mm-hmm. or añejo, and then so the añejo is like the, I think the reposado is aged two years mm-hmm. and the añejos aged five years oh wow the asian yeah. men barrels like to do whiskey yeah. oh that's cool yeah. and then they even have some w- ones that are like extra añejo but that's a that's a lot of that's, money that's, that's, that's when you get into the bread right there yeah i hear that uh but let's cheers yes let's cheers right that settled in nicely it's, um, it's getting there it's getting, it's getting there. there. That's the whole point, though. It's supposed to, yes. you know, it's just supposed to like smooth its way right into it. Uh, and what talk- we're, oh, sorry, I was just gonna say what we're talking about is um, letting the tequila sit and breathe a bit in some ice and balancing out. Um, talking about getting there. <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> where no, are we going with this? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like talking about getting there. Um, I heard something recently. And it obviously ties into our topic for tonight, which is the perils of surviving marriage. Mm, 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 mm. And um, the reason why I say getting there reminds me of something is we heard a lady speak somewhere on social media where she says, uh, you know, getting to being married is a race. Everybody's racing to get married, right? You know, it's like. Um, but once you get married, that's like the real marathon, you know, like when somebody sprints to get, to get married, you know, that I think the way that the lady said it was like, when you watch people, everything is a sprint, you know, like dating and then getting married, it's a sprint. And she was like, have you ever seen anyone after a sprint? They look great. They're like, yeah, I fucking killed it. And she's like, have you ever seen anyone after a marathon? She was like, they don't even know what the fuck they are. Yeah. Well, she w- I think what she was saying, what more so what she was saying is that when people get together, they usually like a lot of people rush in to get married. Yeah. You know, and then and then it's like, oh, when are you getting married? When are you getting married? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's like a lot of talk about marriage and things like that. And so she was describing that process as a, as a sprint, you know. Yeah. And she was saying, but then the real race is the marathon, and mm-hmm. which is the actual marriage. And she was like, you ever look at a sprinter? You ever look at a sprinter, man? They're just, at the end of that race, they're just, mm, mm, yeah. mm, mm, all like, you know, just fit and everything like that. And she goes, yeah. And she goes, but 
have you ever seen a marathon runner? She goes, at the end of that race. That's what I just said. Yeah, they they, they don't even know who the fuck they are. They, they're in yeah, outer space. Yeah, and they're like they're like this. <laughs> they're just super thin. They look disheveled. <laughs> just can't. So yeah, that was pretty funny. And that actually was. hit like really close to home because um, I ran track for quite some time and I sprinted and I ran long distance and I can tell you it is definitely a totally different yeah. feeling. So our last couple of conversations were heavy. Yes, so we were. decided that we would keep it a little lighter today and, you know, just kind of talk about something that I feel like Evo and I know a lot about, which is surviving marriage. Yeah. We have been married. It's going to be 12 years this year. Uh, we got married in 2010, but we have been together for 16 years. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm sorry. It'll be I think it'll be 17 years this year. Sorry. Doing the math wrong. 17 years this year and 12 years married. So I feel like we definitely have the ability to talk about surviving marriage. Especially because, um, you know, marriage is obviously something that a lot of people don't survive. Obviously, like the statistics are like, at this point, I feel like it's 50-50. Right? I think yeah. that's what like I Like 50% that's of the people stay 50/50. married and 50% of the people get divorced. But then out of that 50% of the people that stay married... I wonder how long they stay married for because, um, you know, when I tell people that you and I have been married for more than a decade, I will say that a lot of them are pretty surprised. They're like, wow, y'all been married for 10 years, you know, now 12. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how do you do it? And I'm like, oh, man, that's like a that's like a a, a gift you got to unwrap. Like, <laughs> it's not it's not just like a. um it's not just like a one, two, three thing, yeah, you know. It's definitely not. It's uh, it's uh, it's something that you have to like develop an acquired taste for. You know, Correct. Your partner. Uh, but the funny thing is, is that throughout our relationship, I remember when we hit the five year mark, and yeah. you know we were talking about like you know wow we five years, and I was just like telling myself that, you know, it really wasn't going to be anything significant to me until we hit the ten year mark. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just funny to hear people say like, oh my god, ten years, and I'm just like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, wow, ten years. You know, we've reached ten years. Now the what comes after to me is like, oh my god, wow, you know. Yeah, we're in that fucking marathon right now. We're in the marathon, yeah. <laughs> the sprint ended a long time. Yeah, ago. long long yeah. times ago. Um, and uh, we hit the ten years in the heat of the pandemic. Yes, we did. So, uh, but we still had a nice little um private ceremony. We renewed our vows in our backyard. Mm-hmm. And um, some gracious friends uh, lent us some flowers from their yard, <laughs> and, and, and you know we, so we, we made we it work. Did, yeah, we made it work, we made and it work. honestly, we had a, we honestly had a great time. So when it comes to surviving marriage, something that immediately comes to mind for me is a piece of advice that we received when we were about to get married. We went to the post office, you and I, uh, to get stamps and um for our wedding invitations mm-hmm. and i was like oh i want some pretty stamps you know the ones with like i don't know like signifying that we're it's i think f- we got the wedding ring stamps yeah we yeah. did that said love on it or yeah. something like that i actually think i still have a few of them anyway um so the lady at the window that was selling us the stamps she was like y'all getting married and we were like yeah she was like can i give you some advice and we were like hell sure, yeah because yeah, we don't know shit about shit right because at that time like really Maybe only like we, one or two of our friends were married. Right, but we had but we were together for a while though. Yeah, we, got. we were actually, except for one friend of yours, we were together longer than a lot of the friends that had gotten married. Yeah. So I think we were five years together before we got married. Yes. Yeah. So um, what I will say is that um, 
we did have a family member of mine that you know like was a a big resource when it came to you know advice to marriage and um you know like kind of like a blueprint you Mm -hmm. know of how you want to go about things but um yeah so this lady at the post office was like yeah i want to give you some advice and we were like yeah sure hit us with it and she was like listen um to sum it up she was like don't tell nobody your business you know between you and your husband you know, y'all going through something, you keep it to yourselves. Which ended up being great advice. It was because honestly, um, what's that saying? Misery loves company. Well, I used to just, I was, I would, I would put my business out in the street real quick at yeah. the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so it ended up being great advice for me. Yeah, because I was the opposite. Yeah, you were the not tell nobody your business type of person. Yeah. And I'm like, no, we can hash this out right here, right now. I don't care who's around. Yeah. I was uh, just like, nah, fam, we're not doing that. We're not talking about this in front of people. We are not like, I'm not running and telling my friends what's going on. I just felt like the difficulties that we might have experienced in our marriage or relationship at that point, we were going to figure it out amongst just you and i with with no other input from any outside influences so like you know we took that advice and we fucking ran with it and i want to say we ran with it for like i don't know like a good five years and um something started to happen with me i like i I started to crack a little bit Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is there were times when you and I would have arguments or disagreements. I needed to talk to somebody. I needed to be able to, you know, just like express my frustration and get some advice. But I was very reluctant because I felt like if I shared the things that we were going through that weren't, you know, considered like blissful, then, you know, people would potentially look down upon our relationship. Yeah. And then I, I was essentially inviting unwanted, you know, advice from outside people. But what I learned is it's who you tell your problems to. You have to have what I would consider like a trusted circle. Friends or family that are, you know, invested in your relationship, who love you too as husband and wife and want to see you thrive those are the people that you can share these difficulties with. And I found those people and I feel so lucky to have found those people because I think without them, <laughs> I'd be fucked up in the game right now. Like I need to pick up the phone sometimes. Um, literally me and one of my very best friends, we have a joke where I call her and I say, all right, you need to tell me if I'm being a bitch. And she's like, ah, <laughs> bitch, what's going on? And like, you know, then I'll run down the scenario and she will, you know, cause she loves you. And she will hit me with the, yo, you bugging out right now. You know, what's funny is that as, as quick as I used to be, cause I'm not like this anymore. I, you know, I've definitely changed my ways, but as as, as quick as I used to be uh, willing to put my business out on the street, right? I never, when it came to our problems, things that like issues that we were going through, I was very private about those things. Yeah. I never really felt the need to go and try to talk it out with one of my friends or resolve it or get a second opinion. Um, I was, I was very good at just kind of hashing it out within myself. What I was missing was that tweak that I needed to like keep our, issues behind closed doors when they arose yeah (laughs) so that was a uh 
that was an adjustment that I can say benefit me in the long run. And for, you know, because I feel like you're talking right now and like you're being very like coded right now. What Evo was trying to say is that when Evo and I first started dating, he was a loose cannon. Yeah, I was. And if we got into arguments, let's say we were at a club together. Because, you know, we did a lot of that in, in, our, in our younger days, right? And we went out partying, and we had a disagreement in, in the environment that we were at at that current yeah, I'm, time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue it out right there. Yeah, Evo was going to go ape shit right then and there, and I was not about that. Yeah. I was just like, oh, you want to go ape shit? Yeah. See you later. Yeah, you, would, you would rather wait till we got somewhere in private and talk about it. And um, I never really understood the benefit of that until later on in our relationship. And it's very productive. So for all you people out there who are hot-headed and run off out the mouth, take it from somebody who used to be like that. There's a lot more um, resolution that can be had when you're dating someone who's not like that. And there's a lot more understanding and connecting that can be done when you bring yourself to a level where you're eye-to-eye and communicating and resolving the situations it was definitely key to our longevity that i was able to kind of like turn that down a bit so for any of you that are out there kind of struggling with that little piece of advice hopefully it'll help you out yeah i had to recognize that you did not need any fuel to your fire nope nope (laughs) i literally had to like snuff your shit out and a lot of the times that meant me just walking away and just leaving you where you stood and circling back around to it later but a lot of the times if it was something where you were the person that was like not happy about whatever the situation was if you had an issue for whatever it was I left the ball in your court. I was like, okay, so he's the one that's pissed off about something and he's not willing to talk it out in a manner that is going to seek a resolution. Mm -hmm. Then he needs to come to me and figure out how he wants to talk this out. But we're not going to do it like this because we're not going to get anywhere, you know, fighting in the street. But you have come a long, long way. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I I actually think that um, you sometimes are even more level-headed than I am now. In certain situations. In certain situations, yeah. I, ca- I can't take all the credit for that because um, I got a, a lot of it from you. Yeah, you know? that was just me. Um, th- those are some of my survival skills. Yeah, you know I was like, uh, you don't, you, uh, you don't, you don't know me. I used to fight in the street. Yeah, well, that was the other thing I was going to get to. So, like, I don't want people to either also be, be mistaken to think that, you know, I used to just, you know, be on this rah rah rah, and you just would kind of like be there not saying nothing, you know. There got they, there came a point where you you had enough yeah and you let me know I was like <laughs> oh, okay and I found out that there was a whole nother side of her yeah. that she was keeping locked away in a box mm-hmm. and for a good reason too that, <laughs> so, uh, you, know, <laughs> so, you know what that reminds me of I was just listening to Rihanna today and she was like she was like you don't know I'm a fucking savage yeah. like fuck your white horse and carriage like I was really just like. You don't yeah. know me. You were like Bruce Banner with like the green, like the Incredible <laughs> Hulk used to be like, used to be going like, like when we argue, I could just see the green, come, the green coming out of you. I'm like, you don't want to make me angry. <laughs> She's like, stop screaming. Yeah. <laughs> no, was, I'm joking. No, yo, but that's kind of what it was like. Yeah. Talk. That's, yeah. That, that's what it felt like. Yeah. I really had to like keep those feelings yeah. inside locked up. Yeah. I mean, listen, you were smart enough to know when not to add fuel to fire yeah you know and you were smart enough to know how to pick and choose your battles 
uh, and you were smart enough to know that not to engage in something that was not engageable, which was me at the time. Yeah. I was you just could not engage with me at those moments because I was just emotionally. Um, you were unstable. I was you're definitely emotionally unstable at, at you know at that time. Um, but that you know it's funny because that that comes from like my sh- my, my sh- being street savvy. Mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of situations get out of hand really quick. In, a sh- in the street environment, you know, things going from people exchanging words to fighting to gun, you know. So I've watched things yeah. go from zero to 60. And I learned some of the best ways to de-escalate. And a lot of times that just means walking away. But um, so like what I was saying is that, you know, like I found my, my people. I found my village of like the people that I could confide in that will help me kind of see things through. Um, and then you and I at one time also went to therapy, which was another great thing that we embarked upon. You know, we we had we, we reached a point in our relationship where like no talking was getting us anywhere. It was like we needed a third party to kind of, you know, be another voice in our disagreements because the disagreements were so. How can I put this? They were so in a way where. I wasn't going to budge and you weren't going to budge. You know, there, yeah. there was there was nothing that I was going to say that was going to change your mind. We needed a different influence. Yeah. And I feel like that we were both in a place at that time where we were putting more focus on the negative situations going on in yeah. our lives uh, rather than keeping a good balance of the two. You know, it's important that uh, and healthy in a relationship that, you know, you not only resolve the neg- the you know, acknowledge each other for your strengths but also at the same time simultaneously resolve the negative things going on in the relationship but never lose too much focus from one or the other because you know i mean especially the negative parts because if you spend you know a lot of time in a relationship focusing on the negative things it's just unhealthy all you know all around and i think that we were kind of you know more on one side of our relationship than the other you know we were doing a lot of head bunting and so count you know counseling was it I mean, therapy therapy, therapy yeah. yeah therapy was was definitely helpful at that time i so agree with what you just said that is that is so valid in the sense that we were definitely focusing a lot on the negative yeah. and i feel so blessed for uh for us to have gone through it when we went through it because yo it happened like right before the pandemic mm-hmm. and then we were locked in the house with each other yeah, for right. like for like six months could you imagine us have not gone through that experience oh. and then being like in the same space, having to like not n- not having had resolved yeah. a lot of those problems that that were like surfacing? You know, I used to think about that a lot. I used to, while we were while we were in um in lockdown, you know, I used to stop for a moment and think about the people that you know were in households in tight spaces mm. and potentially intense situations where it just happened to happen in the midst of the pandemic and then now they're locked in you know a confined space yeah. with this tension going on between them and um i don't know why i mean and i did i did a lot i did a lot more thinking of a lot of, of like people unfortunate people in that time you know um and you know uh, i don't even know why it's like, like it just popped up because you brought it up but i just remembered how much th- thinking i did about like that things like that and it was kind of good that we went through what we went through because once we went into lockdown we were kind of out of that space that negative space that we were in 
Well, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that while we were in lockdown, you and I reflected upon where we had started in our relationship. And we we like said to ourselves, could you imagine if we were if we were where we were a decade ago in maybe even more than that and lockdown happened then? Yeah. We'd have been it'd have been it'd have been a really it'd fucked up situation. Yeah, yeah it'd have been sure. a, it'd have been a really fucked up situation. So I think you and I were realizing how blessed we were to be in the situation that we were during lockdown. So like that was you just reflecting upon people that were potentially in the situation that you and I had, you know, some 15 years ago. Yeah. Um and I'll elaborate a little bit, but when Evo and I first started dating like the second time around i always say second because him and i dated briefly um in our early 20s and then we we re-met again um five years later so when we dated for the second time you know he was still living at home with his parents and i was a single mom with two kids living in a basement apartment and evil then came and lived with me you were living in a two-bedroom yes and I converted, and I converted the living room into a third a, bedroom, into a third bedroom, third bedroom slash living room. Yes, because luckily the um, it was a basement apartment that was part of a building that a lot of the apartments were like what they considered like rail houses. So it was just like long and narrow, and the living room slash bedroom had a door, which was great. So it worked for me and my family yeah. at that time. Definitely came a long way, and then you took me in. Yes, you took me in and made a little space for me in your kid's closet for my clothes and sh- i didn't even have a closet yeah you didn't even have a closet and then you shared your futon with me yeah um which was interesting and so it's been a long road so just fast forward yeah humble beginnings humble beginnings you know we now have a beautiful house four bedroom house two and a half bath you know with kids and nice space and you yeah. know it's been it's been quite a road so yeah when we went through when we went through the pandemic i definitely took some some time to reflect back on you know our humble beginnings and even prior to that some of the even more you know more humble yeah situations in my life um and just you know felt thankful as you should yeah because uh, i would say that Eva and i have come a long way and it's interesting that you know we talk about you know, like the things that you and I survived together and the times that we went through with each other and like how that's led up to this point. And I was saying that, like, you know, I I have found my people and the people that I can trust and the people that I can confide in. But something that I've more recently noticed that I would say that I find it. I, I think the best word is like disheartening. I notice a lot of people on social media vocalizing the problems that they're going through with their significant other. And they're presenting these problems on social media. So, like, I give you an example of what I mean. Let's say uh, one of the things I know that we talked about uh, in the past was um, wives complaining about their husbands being incompetent. So that's just an example. Like I, I, I started to see that a lot on social. Like you know, women taking to you know either TikTok or Instagram, where they're vocalizing how their husbands don't do X, Y, Z. Um, and then on the other hand, I see a lot of men talking about you know that they want their wives to look a certain way, they want their wives to be a certain way after the, like all of these things that I've noticed that people are taking to these social media platforms to complain about these these issues that are going on in their marriage do you feel like they're doing it for the views um 
So kind of like selling out, you know. I mean, we can get into that, but what I was trying to say is, is that I think when I reflect back upon the advice that the lady at the post office gave us, is that don't tell any anybody <clears throat> your business. That's what she meant. She meant yeah. don't be out there telling everybody and anybody who don't really give a fuck about yeah. your relationship because when you go out on social media and tell people your problems you're gonna get fucking an influx of unsolicited advice mm -hmm. from people that don't know you from rip yeah i mean so not only that but the other part of not telling people your business or keeping your personal issues that you have with your partner behind closed doors. The benefit in that is the image that you portray to everybody else. It's almost as if you don't have any problems. Yeah. Why? Because you all your problems are resolved behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you're in a public place and you taught me this, even if you're in a public place and there's an issue that happens, let's just say, I don't know, you maybe, we're in a public place and you did something I didn't like. Mm -hmm. Rather than address it right then and there, act like nothing happened, wait till we're in private, and then speak about it in private. So then, therefore, not only did we resolve an issue, we did it where nobody knew it even happened, yeah. and then the next time we're out and about, we have now a better understanding of, of each other in public and those things don't happen again. Mm -hmm. So, so much has happened behind, outside of the sight of so many people that, in reality, it just makes you look better. But now, by all means, don't think that people, even the even the most happiest couple have arguments, you know. But the beauty about keeping them behind closed doors gives the illusion as if, as if there aren't any and you look like this amazing, happy couple. But in reality, you are because you've did all you've done all your understanding behind closed doors. And that's the that's where the magic happens. You know, that's that's the takeaway from, you know, really practicing this keeping your business off of social media and behind closed doors, which, you know, at the beginning, I didn't really value and understand. Yeah. But now I do. I think social media can be a great tool if you want to maybe share your story with people yeah. and say, hey, my husband and I or my wife and I or my husband, you know, whatever the dynamic is in your in your home. If you want to share how maybe you and your partner went through something and you want to maybe give people an insight into your journey. But if you're out there bashing your partner, I don't yeah. under I don't see how that's going to be helpful to uh, your relationship. You know, unless unless that's your niche. Like unless you have like a channel where that is like, you know, you're like on, you know, like like married with children type of situation. You know, like there's a there's I'm not gonna say their name, but there is a couple on social media. They're very um, well known and they have a lot of followers because of the relationship they have and mm -hmm. they you know they do a lot of arguing and they bash each other and you know and really bust each other down and make fun of each other yeah but I, I, I think that's more like satire I don't think that they're being a, like it's not real that's like, what I'm saying that's what I'm saying so like unless that's your thing that's part of like your image that you're portraying that's one thing but if you're just doing it just to air your partner out like with bad intentions mm -hmm. But that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, These are I, the things yeah. that I'm seeing. I was just, I'm sorry. I just mean, I just, I was just like, I wanted to just state that there is a situation where something like that is kind of acceptable if that is the show that's being put up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I would see how that could be something that 
two people would choose to do is yeah. if, if that's what they're presenting. Yes, you that's, know? If, that, if, yeah. if that's how they're using their platform. But like you said, if you're just jumping on social media to air out your partner, yeah. even if you've spoken with them and it really hasn't been resolved, I don't, again, see how putting your problems out to the world to people who don't really know you, how that is going to be helpful to your relationship. Very true. So. But I'm sure the social media will let us know. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> listen, uh, we're all fucking, we're all fucking ears. But honestly, I read a lot of the comments. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a comment. I'm an avid comment yeah, reader. And a lot of the times the advice that people are getting is, you know, oh, fuck him or fuck her. Leave them. She's not good enough for you. He's not good. En-. They may be right. But that not necessarily is the best solution when you got kids involved. Yeah. You know, you've been married for a long time. You have your finances um, tied in. Like, it's just not that fucking cut and dry. Do you ever think that maybe it's it, it's a way for someone who doesn't know how to manage their emotions to let their to, as an, they're using that as an outlet rather than doing something that maybe they used to do, mm-hmm. which is something like um, like something physical or maybe something violent where they break something or, you know, destroy they're destructive in a way by physically being destructive. You know, maybe that's just a way of them letting out that energy in a way where they're still being destructive, obviously to their image and their relationship and to the image of the person that they're with, but not in a physical sense. I mean, I think, that's definitely plausible. Not listen, not trying to justify it, but just trying to get no, a better understanding of even why something like this, you know, I understand. Happens. I think that that's plausible. But do I still think that that is going to benefit what the result is that they're trying to seek? No. 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 I, I mean, I think it makes them feel better to to an extent, you know what I mean? Cuz they're it's they're, it's a it's they're letting that out. Understood. So when you look up some of the key things to a successful marriage, to surviving a marriage, the number one thing is going to be communication. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's not talking to your phone. It's not talking to your device. Mm -hmm. That is not going to be the solution to the troubles that you may be experiencing in your marriage. So I know it's so easy just to say, oh, yeah, fucking communicate. Okay, great. What what is what is what the fuck does that mean to communicate? Because uh, you and I spoke about this, and I said to you, I go, I love to talk. You love to listen, but that does not mean that when we're having a disagreement, that that's how things should work. Like I should just be running off at yeah. the mouth, and you should just be sitting there listening to me. No, we have to figure out how we need to communicate with each other, and I think. Instead of maybe going to social media and, you know, telling people what you're going through, maybe look into a way to better communicate with your partner. If therapy is not accessible to you, because I know it's not accessible to everybody because therapy can be costly. Finding resources to try to understand how to better communicate with your partner. One of the first things that I think two people can do or one person that's you know wants to start this journey is to figure out what your communication style is. Yeah. How you are how you communicate. And then you can have your other, you know, you can have your spouse figure out what type of communicator they are and then you two can figure out how is best to speak to each other. 
Um, and then the other thing that I think you could build on top of that is like understanding your spouse's love language. I think those two things together can really give you like a better understanding of how your partner wants things kind of delivered to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that this shit is perfect because you know my love language. Mm-hmm. You know... I. I don't think you know my communication style, but you know that I'm assertive and that is my communication style. I'm a, I'm an assertive communicator. Mm-hmm. Um, but the funny thing is, is that I know that you're an assertive communicator. We are both assertive when it comes to communication. So when you just say communicate, if we're both trying to be assertive in a, in, in a, in a conversation, are we going to get anywhere? No. No. So that is, that is the beauty of communication. I need to figure out how... Or you and I need to figure out how to tweak that shit. And I think you and I have figured that out. Like we said earlier. Through trial and error. Yeah. We said it earlier. I knew that there were times that I could not put fuel to your fire. Mm -hmm. And that was me taking my assertiveness and kind of putting it, you know, like it it was taking a back seat for a moment. Because I was like, this is not what's going to be helpful right now. Um, So I think that that is like such a great way to find to put yourself in a position to be a better communicator to your partner. You know what the well, you know what the um the the great part about that situation where you chose not to engage with me and then just let and let me do what I did was that at some point once all of the alcohol burned off, you know, and I'm not just talking about like like alcohol drink, I'm just talking about the fire, the flame, or everything that I was I was using to ignite that flame. Once it all fizzled out, you know, I was left with like the wreckage of what it is that I, you know, that mm-hmm. I just did. And I had the sobering thought of like, fuck, I got to clean this up. And then what would end up happening is that I'd, I would end up coming to you and being like, hey, I'm sorry. I was, I was, a, I was a fucking dick, you know, yeah. and I'm ready to talk. Yeah. You know, and then that's when you would get me. Yeah. <laughs> See, you'd See a just, smile on you, my face. You'd be sitting there like, mm-hmm. Now I was that like I, now home I sharpening my knife just now in case he now, came at me now sideways you're all again. Burnt out, right? Yeah. Now let's talk, you know. And so eventually, I learned that all that other shit was just the long road to the solution that we needed to get to. And I I learned how to start taking the shortcut to where it was that we needed to get to. I also want to make it very clear, though, that that does not mean that you should let your partner be a doormat you know like even though even though there were moments where i allowed that behavior to happen and then gave you the opportunity to circle back around well yeah i always had to come and make it right yeah however i didn't allow that to happen repeatedly like like you said earlier there was a there was a point where i was like hey listen this has happened X amount of times. I understand that you may find some insight later on, but this can't always be the way. Right. You know, you have to understand that I'm taking who I am right now, my assertiveness, and I'm kind of buttoning that up for you at the moment. But you keep pushing me, you're gonna get you're gonna get the horns. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's what you like to say. Evil is like, you know, you, you want the you want the bull, you get the horns. And um I think once I made it very apparent that I wasn't going to keep allowing you to behave that way towards me, even though you have been apologetic and even though you have said that you were going to try and do better, okay, you're trying, but I need it to be better. Yeah. 
and I would I would like to say that obviously you know we, we moved on from that mm-hmm. you know you you were like okay I, I get it like I I can't keep doing this and um I, I I remember one time you and I had an argument and you were like you know Gina I just feel like sometimes things for you aren't good enough and I go you're right they're never going to be good enough I'm always going to push for more because I feel like if not that then what like should you just be in a relationship with your partner and just be stagnant no absolutely not you know the interesting thing is is that like i had previous relationships where you know arguing you know aloud and you know doing things the way that i was accustomed doing them you know things got resolved in a chaotic way they did yeah what i ended up realizing was that they never got resolved that way with you there was no resolution in that in that mixture of 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 personalities Mm -hmm. it just never went anywhere and then i eventually came to realize that the resolution came afterwards Mm -hmm. you know so if i had something to say to you i needed to understand that it had to be said said a certain way in a certain manner in order for us to to be able to get to where we needed to get to you know especially because we're in this we're in a marathon now you know we're not we're not sprinting so like (laughs) you know i had to realize that you know things had to change and uh, the funny thing was is that i think i want you to scoot over a little bit for me okay the fu- you know the real funny thing was is i don't know if you like oh wow that's, gonna be, that's gonna be <laughs> all in the mic um you know the first argument that we had after we got married was really really like the the pivoting moment that i realized i can't fuck around like i can't be like there's no there's no like getting into an argument and saying, ah, f- I'll be fuck, I'll be back, or I'm fucking leaving, and you know, like you know, disappear for two or three days. You know, we're married, we live together now. Like, there was none of that, and I, it was, that was very sobering for me. And I, I quickly changed my ways after that because it was just yeah. But I feel like even before we got married, you knew better. No, I, I and I, and I, I don't mean that like, oh, you know, like no, pow, pow, I, you I knew did, better. I did, but what I'm trying to tell you is like, that was the day that I really hung it up. You hung your jersey up? I hung that jersey up. I was like, no, this ain't going to work no more. Like this, like, you know what it is? is like, you know, I used to always carry it. Like that, that, that coat was always like, it was about an arm's reach away all the time. You know, like I felt like at any given time I could just reach over and put that coat on and I was back, you know? Listen, you know how many times I looked up three bedroom apartments? We argue up like how much is a three bedroom apartment? <laughs> so like that's, and that was before we got married. Um, but then nah, my, I still do that shit now. Oh, well, no, nah, not me. <laughs> After we got married, after we got married, I was like, I looked over and I was like, oh, yeah, we uh, about to put this shit in storage because this yeah. it's over for this shit. Like, there's no, no, that's more. actually a joke me and my friends have. We're oh, yeah. like, we're like always looking up three. Always bedrooms. looking up three bedrooms. <laughs> got it. They're like, how much is it? Twenty four hundred. All right, I think I could work this shit out. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, no, it's 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 a joke of you know, it's kind of like. Um, I guess kind of like those old jokes that men used to have for women, like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, she's the old ball and chain and shit like that. Yeah. That's a joke that me and my friends have mm-hmm. that, you know, we be on Zillow for no fucking reason, seeing what's out in the market, mm-hmm. just in case I got to fucking oh, yeah. get out of Dodge. Uh, but I wonder, 
I always wonder, okay, how can I put this? You know, when you see these things on social media, you know, when people are out there and like, you know, my husband or my wife and she she's this or he's that. I kind of wonder how these things play out. You know, like what like what satisfaction are these people really getting from doing these things? Um, well, I mean, that that's kind of like goes back to what I was saying. I, I, I don't know if they're I, I want to think that what they're getting is an outlet. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, and you know, a, a way to release their frustration. Uh, not to say that that's the best way to do it. I mean, it's definitely not the best way to do it. But, you know. I guess and to some people, you don't know what you don't know. You know, if you don't know how to do better, then how can you do better? Because I think that once you know how to do better, you do you do better. Mm-hmm. I would like to think so. You know, so for, the, so for the people acting that way, and myself included, I used to act that way. I mean, I'm not to the sense where I was putting our business out on social media. Thankfully, social media wasn't even a thing back then too much where I didn't even have. The, I don't even know what I would have did, like especially in my earlier, earlier years before us. Right. I don't know. Like, that's weird. I think that that might have been an option for me because I used to be that toxic. I feel like I feel like social media was very present when we first started. Yeah, but I'm talking about posting videos and stuff like that. You know, you know, so like, I mean, yeah, people you'll still people still post like, you know, thoughts, you know, like, oh, to all y'all out there or like, you know, like those little like meme grams, you know, like. Mm insignificant subliminal type of messages that you post like something's going on in your life and it's about the person that you're with but it's like you know not really directly directed mm-hmm. at them mm-hmm. you know there's those things going on but we're, ref- we're what you're referring to is like people posting videos mm-hmm. directly airing out their mm-hmm. significant others yeah and you're asking what do they get out of that well no i it's that's not what i'm asking what i'm asking is like what is the end result of that like do they do they does that help them find a solution for the problems that they're experiencing? I think the solution at the point is just to let out the pain. I think okay. that I think the I can definitely I think, empathize yeah, with I, that. I think it's a cry for help in a way. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, but who are you crying to? Um, to the, obviously, to, they're just putting it out in the ether because they don't have anyone directly to go to. You know, so it's more so like not only trying to let out the pain but also trying to hurt the person that hurt them by exposing them because again because you just don't know any better okay you know that's like kind of it's it's that eye for an eye thing you know what i mean i i totally understand and that's just one way to do it i you know what i mean like no i I, evil honestly that makes that makes a lot of sense I can tell you why I struggle like wrapping my brain around yeah. it because what you're saying to me makes so much sense. You know me and the way that my brain functions and we talked about it. I am not the type of women, woman that like I openly share the things that I'm going through. I, right. that, that's actually like I'm a work in progress when it comes to that. We actually just had our daughter's birthday a couple weeks ago. And a friend of mine was here and I kept touching her head and I kept like, you know, showing her affection. And she was just like, you know, she was in admiration of it. But she made a comment because she knew that that wasn't something that I typically do. And I told her, I said, that's a work in progress for me. Like, those are things that I'm actively working on, you know, showing affection to friends and family, um, speaking about 
you know, things that I may be going through um, that are like, uh, that are like real things, you know, or voicing my like, my concern about things in the world, just just things like that. Like, I just don't necessarily just talk to anybody about them. Yeah. So when I see other people out in the world doing that, I'm so confused by it because I've never found any like solace and just randomly talking to like anybody. And, and it's not just anybody because when you're putting on social media, you're like you're like talking to everybody. It's not just anybody. It's everybody. That's, you know, well, that's the elephant and the rider. That's because you've been living your life on top of an elephant. Yeah. I mean, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, so everybody, everybody other than like my real close circle of yeah. friends has they don't like everybody that knows me very well and that they are in my close circle. Mm-hmm. They know the writer. But the rest of the people yeah. only know the they elephant. Get, they get to know the elephant. Yeah. You know, so that creates a situation where you don't have the app you know you you never you're never presented with the opportunity uh, to fully engage with someone in that way um, or to freely engage with someone that way or to have to be as carefree as to engage with someone in that way because you're always at a distance and um for anyone that doesn't know what you and i are talking about we are making a reference to a book called the happiness hypothesis by jonathan Haidt that i read a while back but i've referenced that book quite often mm-hmm. um i'm pretty proud of myself that i actually remember the author's name too uh, funny enough he's actually an author that joe rogan talks about often too which i found kind of surprising but you know joe rogan reads a, a lot of shit and actually just recently found out that he reads anybody that he's gonna have on his show anyone that he's interviewing if they have a book he reads it and if they have multiple books, he like reads multiple books. Oh yeah. Yeah, which I found to be so surprising because mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, that's a that's a lot of information." Um, uh, something's going on. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I touched my notes for a second here, and the um started doing something weird. So. Yeah, so just wanted to let people know that that's the book that we were talking about, just in case you were interested and you're like, what the fuck do they mean by the elephant and the writer? Um, it's actually, uh, the book is, I will say the book is not the easiest read. Um, there were there were chapters and pages where I was just like, uh, I need to read that again. Because mm-hmm. it's coming from like a, a, a psychologist, you know, educational standpoint that maybe I don't understand all the, the terminologies and the ways that he would put things on paper. But uh, it w- I definitely got the gist of it. You know, when it came to an, and I definitely identified with the book because I was just like, "Ooh, I do that a lot. Love the terminology, though, the elephant and the rider. So it's a great yeah. description of and the cover of the book. You'll see it's a person riding an elephant. That's pretty cool. But they're actually riding the elephant, I think, in water, which I thought was even more interesting. Mm. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> but one of the things that I think you and I were also talking about separate from social media, because if you're surviving marriage, uh, these are the type of things that can become that can become distractions in your marriage. Yes, they can be. Uh, and I think that you and I, we were we were kind of looking at it like we felt like we were one of the generations that we were lucky enough where social media didn't have the biggest impact on us. So we're not easily we're not as easily distracted by it. Yeah, I think that what we were we, so we started talking about like 
is love really necessary for uh, marriage to work? Oh, right. That's how that's that's how the conversation started. Like, mm-hmm. is is it really like a must in order for marriage to work? Um, and what we came the conclusion we came to was no. Yeah. No, it really it's sadly, not sadly. No. Yes. Sadly, no. Love is not a must for marriage to work. Right. And this is our opinion. <laughs> yes. It's solely our opinion. But, you know, as we sat there and thought about it, you know, people fall out of love. You know, yeah. and still maintain marriage for many reasons. Um, you know, one being kids. I mean, I'm sure that's a huge reason why people still remain married and remain under the same household, uh, but yet fall out of love. And, you know, another reason uh, would be, you know, sometimes it's just a lot more complicated to get divorced. You know, things, you know, when you have assets and you have so many things that are that have you tied together, um, it's just easier sometimes just to stay married. You know, I immediately think about that comedian that we saw again. She made another point that said the way that marriage is set up for the most part is it's till death do you part, right? Yeah. You're in it till you die. Yep. And she was like. That was great back, you know, however many hundreds of years ago when people die when they were fucking 30. So if you, if you got married when you were 15, because, you know, people were getting married really young, mm-hmm. then you only had to be with this person for like a good 15 years, 15, you know, 20 years. Yeah. And you nowadays, you and I, we got married. We were 30. I was 30. You were 32. So let's say you and I live to the average age of like 75 another 30 years from now so that means that potentially you and i will be married for 40 plus years mm-hmm. that's a long time yeah that is so a very long time. when you ask me does love do you need love to be in a marriage i had to think about it like on that full spectrum i think it's very plausible that someone could be in a marriage for you know, 20 plus years and just be like, I really did love this person at one time. We've done a lot of amazing things together. You know, we raised children. We, um, you know, we bought a home. We had cats and dogs. You know, we went on trips and vacation. But like now my life is in a different avenue. Yeah. And I'm not in love with this man or woman anymore. But they stay in it because they're still somewhere in that journey. Mm-hmm. And it's I f- like I was I was almost sad to say it when you asked me, you know, yeah, it's, it's definitely um, it's like a, a hurtful thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, we started kind of like to go into like, oh, all right, thinking I'm thinking of myself. So there's a lot of obviously a lot of complications that can arise in a marriage that can bring it to the to the point where you know you fall out of love and and whatever and what i started to think about was some of the things that become a wedge between couples now in this generation mm. that we didn't have to deal with oh yeah that's how the that's how the social media and thing that's tied how in. we got into the whole social media aspect of it mm-hmm um, and I thought that that, that conversation took a pretty interesting turn. Yeah, because some of the things that I looked up uh, that could cause 
problems in a marriage like things that happen on social media like you know a husband liking other girls pictures yeah that type of shit i was like really i was like i really don't give a shit what pictures evo likes like i could really give a shit how but we started our relationship for the most part with no social media there was mm-hmm. social media there was facebook but like ah, were we really using it no, like that that was me gente um that is really dating us <laughs> but yes um mi gente was something that evo and i did both use but mi gente wasn't like a a social media platform where you went on there and you fucking aired your shit out it was just kind of like pictures of you and your friends you yeah know? i mean it was the very early was, stages of social media to be honest i feel like it was more of like a dating thing like you, you went on there to like check people out yeah like much. you weren't on there to like figure out what somebody ate for lunch that day no, definitely that's not. what facebook became yeah that amongst all of the large posts yeah so that's how we got into that whole social media part where we were talking about the things that be- can become a wedge in someone's marriage in this day and yeah. age versus like when you and i had gotten married yeah i think that one of the things was like that Wait, real quick that makes us sound real old like it sounds like back in our day <laughs> when we used to be on mi gente (laughs) uh, um i I, what i found interesting was that the jealousy that can come up that can be that can be stirred up that's correctly that can be stirred up in a relationship uh just by one person one person's attention to their social media feed Mm -hmm. so you know what the experience that me and you might have gone through it you know in our early relationship would be someone physically like getting too much of your attention right and me noticing that there's a little too much attention going on here not to say that that happened between us but that's how that would happen and now i can't what i had to imagine was multiplying that times however many friends you have on social media and to know that for a moment each one of these people have your attention individually Mm. and what that must feel like if you're the significant other of the person who's who's directing all of their attention to all of these different people and you're having to compare yourself to all of these people what that does to a person's you know self-conscious and i was just blown away by that i was just like whoa like that's 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 intense i think what i read was a quote that said a couple will face one partner being plugged into social media instead of being plugged into their marriage or their relationship. I can't say that I know anybody offhand in our circle that has ever said to me, this motherfucker <laughs> be on TikTok or social media and he ignores me. It's definitely not a thing. Well, and I think that's how kind of like I think... I hate to say it, like, I feel like our generation maybe doesn't have, like, like that intense focus. So there's a term for it, actually. It's called fubbing. Oh, God. Last week we were talking, last week we, what was the term? Oh, we, fawning. Fawning. This, and and this, now, this, now it's fubbing? Now it's fubbing. So oh, fu- shit. So fubbing is snubbing your partner by being on the phone instead of interacting with them. And like, especially when you're in a private space, like, so when you're in bed or whatever, and you just kind of pull your phone out and you're just like, "Mm -mm -mm," when your partner is right there, right next to you. 
And this is not even just like, okay, you're sitting on a couch watching TV or you're out. I mean, you are in a personal space and Mm -hmm. you just direct all of your attention to your phone when you have your partner laying right next to you. Okay. Real talk. You and I do this all the time. We get in bed and we both hop on our phone. Yes. But but we're not fubbing each other. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. That's what I was going to say. Do you feel like you and I have like an agreement where we know that we can do that with each other, but... Is it like unspoken or do you feel like we've spoken about it? Uh, I feel like we've been long. We've been together long enough to know that when we're, you know, there's points. But there's there's points in our relationship where we, we don't have nothing to say to each other. You know, like we're not talking all the time. Yeah. You know, so we can be in each other's space and not have nothing to say to each other and be on our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I feel like that we we know that space mm-hmm. amongst each other. But in this in this particular situation. I think it's this really is like an intentional type of like, you know, giving, not, giving them giving their them partner the, the cold shoulder. Yeah, giving them the cold shoulder. Mm. You know, so like imagine if imagine if phones didn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. And you were in a space with your partner, and what what would you do? You probably pick up a book and just dive, you know, deep into a book. But wait, are, so are you asking me if I wanted to ignore my partner? what would I do if I was in the same space as them? Yeah. And you didn't want to, you don't, you, you didn't want to like really be a, th- that drastic as to where you just, you would leave the space. Cause that's, that's really, that's kind of going too far. Like it's not that serious. Okay. It's not that serious where you would leave. Cause I was immediately about to be yeah, like, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. Leave. So let's, this is the thing. It's not that serious where you would leave, but you're not feeling the person. Okay, I'm going to tell you what I think me as a woman and many other women do when what? we are like not, uh, wanting to ignore our partner and maybe we're like a little disgruntled about something. Um, we aggressively clean. We will get up and start doing shit around the house just to be away from you and we will make sure that you know that like we are like purposely not paying attention to you. And that we may be a little annoyed okay, at you. Like, so, but what we'll if, do things kind of aggressive. Yeah, that works in the daytime. So, but what if this is like at the end of the day, it's nighttime, we're winding down, mm-hmm. we're about to jump in the bed, but things are still tense between us. Mm. This is where the fubbing comes out. Yeah, uh, I think a book would def or either that or TV. Yeah, either that or TV. It would it would be I would have to place my attention in another in another area. Yeah. So whether it be a book or I mean, I don't know how far back we're going. Maybe I'm putting on headphones. Maybe I'm listening to music. Maybe yeah. I'm I ju- just a way to basically drown you out. So it's book, music, TV. I do think that our people from our generations, from our for, uh, for people from our generation and earlier generations, they had ways to disconnect from their partner that wasn't necessarily their phone. I just think that the phone is easier, like because yeah. it's such it's a small device. It fits in the palm of your hand, mm-hmm. where like you know TV is not. The, it's like farther away. It's not the same. A book is similar to a phone, and it's very it's very pro- you can kind of like go into your own space yes. on your phone without really distracting the person next to you or making them aware of exactly what's going on inside your mind. I think, though, I think the part that would really tick off the other spouse is your ability to view other people. Other people that they may look at like, he or she looks Mm -hmm. better than me. He or she has more than me. Yeah, That is something that can really bring about jealousy 
from yeah, of course, an yeah. aspect that is in a device that is not even like really tangible. Yeah. So, I mean, so the solution to that is obviously to create, um, to create space for those type of things, you know, um, maybe have an agreement between the two of you that when mm -hmm. things are tense, when things are, you know, not to allow the other ones or to not allow, not for you guys not to allow each other to ignore each other. So I, I'm going to use us for an example, right? Mm -hmm. If we were laying in bed and you were fubbing me, right? <laughs> I, like, I like using that word. Um, <laughs> okay. You were, you were fubbing me, right? I would take that as, a, as an opportunity to like not let you do that. I would take that as an opportunity to, to really like, hey, honey, come here, put the phone down and break you away from this thing that you were about to use against me mm -hmm. and not let you use it against me mm -hmm. and really turn your energy towards me. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great opportunity that it's 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 almost like the people that are that are getting fubbed. They're missing that opportunity in that moment to turn yeah. that whole situation around, you know, to let that person know. Like, I want your attention. I don't want you to put your attention over there. I want your attention. So I'm going to tell you, when you did that, you touched my hand. And I'm going to tell you how that made me feel. Um, one of the things that I've always told you, because for a second I was like, damn, how did we talk about love and, and, and distractions? Like, why did those tie in? And I remember what was one of my thoughts. That's how I knew that I really loved you. When you and I would argue, or we would like come to a point where maybe we'd want to um like ignore each other or like fub each other and the moment you would turn to me and be like hey i want to talk or you would touch me like that immediately i'd be goo inside <laughs> like no matter how fucking angry i was at you because you asked me was love important and i said to you yes i thought it was important when you wanted to be when you wanted to have compassion and empathy towards yeah. your partner because when you love someone, those are the things that you will give to them. You will give them compassion. You will give them empathy in situations where maybe they're at fault for something. Maybe they've done something wrong to you. So I can't tell you how many times you and I have gotten into fucking heated arguments. I mean, like where like I feel like fucking flames are shooting out of my ears and we will walk away from it and we'll come back to it you know because we go take a breather or whatever it is and you'll do that hey come here let me talk to you thing i'm like eh. yeah because people listen, <laughs> it's the one, like a the little one, baby the one thing i i understood at those at that point in time is that even though you're not going anywhere mm -hmm. i'm allowing you to mentally take off oh yeah because i told you that that's when i'm on zillow looking yeah. for Exactly. You know what I'm so like, you know, for some of so for some of you who don't realize, you know, you you may think that oh, she, you know, we're not speaking, she's on her phone and we're just going to sit here and be mad and but she's not going anywhere. She's right here. Her mind just took off into deep space. And so <laughs> the ability to like this is the way. This is the way. So the that's the moment where you want to say, "Hey, oh, oh, no, 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 no." you're not going so you, you you we're here you're here with me yeah let's talk i think that that that's a very grounding moment for that um and it has a lot of power in it um but i would say that it has a lot of power when the people that are in that particular moment 
love each other, Evo. Yes. Yeah, so I was about to get one, into yeah, that. Yeah. I'm, was, I'm sorry. Am I jumping no, the gun? No, it's all right. Because it is important. It is very important. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wanted to get into the importance of, you know, the, uh, the importance of love in a marriage. Like, so let's. I want to talk about some of the things that why are why, like in like in reality, like real talk, like why are some of these things so important? Mm-hmm. Why do you think love is important in a marriage? Well, I said to you when you asked me this question originally that I thought love was important because when you love someone, that is going to give you the ability to be compassionate towards them. Yes. That is going to give you the ability to have empathy. That is going to give you the ability to accept an apology and forgive and forget and move on with the hopes of things being better. Because I feel like when you don't love someone, when situations come about where there is a disagreement, yeah, you're not going to give a fuck. Yeah. You are going to be in it for yourself and you're going to want the outcome to only benefit you mm-hmm. because you are lacking the love for the other person. So that's why I feel like it's important. And that's why I feel like when you're in, in a in a marriage, you want there to be love. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with what you're saying. And overall, it really establishes the health that exists between the two people. I mean, being actively trying to do things that engage love between two people really sets the level of health that exists between those two people. Mm-hmm. Um it creates a euphoric space where stress levels are lower. Happiness is higher and through the roof. Um, sex is just amazing. Mm. Um, and so for these few reasons, I mean, there's a, there's a basket of reasons. I mean, I mean, more than a basket of reasons, but just for these few key reasons uh, alone, it shows how important it is to be to have love in, mm-hmm. in a marriage and why it's so important to work on these things. You know, yeah. it's not, you don't just, you can't just pull it out of your pocket, you know, and say, here, here's love, you know, and it's something that has to be built and worked on because if, if it was that easy, then everybody would have it. Well, I always like to say to you, that's great, but how, you know, like, how do you do these things? Uh, so wait, I, I want to yeah. ask you a question. Sure. So you said, you know, it's important to have love. So do you think there's a difference between being in love and having love? Yes. Okay. What do you think the difference is? So being in love is that, I want to call it the infatuation space that you create with someone when you go from really liking that person to like, being infatuated by them it's like that transition between like like and love mm-hmm. um where you like go into like you're going from one into the other and mm-hmm. like I, I like to call that that's being in love okay um and that space to me is the difference of being in love and having love because i feel like that you can a couple can go from being together, liking each other, being in love with each other, and then just loving each other. Okay, so 
Do you think to have a happy marriage, you need to be in love? Not not entirely. No. Mm, because it all depends on what um, someone's definition of happiness is. Okay. I, I would agree. You know. But I guess what I'm trying to understand is if I say to you, if I ask you, is being in love a key to a happy marriage? And you say not necessarily because it's based on it's based you it's based on what that couple determines happiness. I have heard many times one uh, one partner say I am no longer in love with you, but I have love for you. Right. And they're willing to walk away from those situations. They're willing to say I no longer want to be with you because I'm no longer in love with you. And there's there's also the same thing to say for the opposite. There's people that say, I'm no longer in love with you, but I still love you. And I'm still willing to be with you mm-hmm. because I love you. I mean, we're not, okay. in, we're not in love anymore, but the, there is love there. And so that's why I say like, and there, and those people can go on to live happy, long marriages, you mm-hmm. know, and they don't have to be, you know, dancing around in butterflies all the time. Okay. Um, they're very content with where they are and that's why i said that and that's not necessarily Mm -hmm. but there are people that love to live in that fire you know and need that ignition every once in a while i you know i completely agree and um i think it's i don't want to say that when you say that you're in love with someone what i want to say is when you say that you have love for someone but you're not necessarily in love with them anymore but you're still remaining in that relationship i don't always consider that um settling no because it could still be very blissful for you right and then i feel like throughout that journey with that partner that you're choosing to stay with you can then receive sparks i was just thinking that i was just thinking that i said even though that even though the, the, the relationship may come to a place where it's stagnant, but there's still love. Yeah, or like you're a little content. Yes. Yeah, the, the ability to reignite. Mm-hmm. Happens. It's there. It's always there. It's yeah. just, it always just takes us a little bit of effort. I would say that um, I was, I would say that I'm very much in love with you. However, there are moments where maybe I don't feel like deeply like i'm in love with this man like how we were like in the beginning because you know we went from that like to love stage mm-hmm. but there are times where like you and i do things i don't know there's so many i could think of but that a spark happens where i'm just like oh i really love this <laughs> well we were talking about we this. have it it, it it happens a lot that's why i say i'm in love with you because i know it happens a lot so that's how i know that it can happen but I think what you and I were talking about is that you still have to work on those things, right? That's what you yeah, were going to well, say. Yeah, what I what I was going to say is I, we found it so funny how in the beginning of a relationship, you know, the all of those things that you do in a relationship where you're going out and you're dating and you're happy and every time you see each other it's bliss and it's romantic and it's there's all they just all happen naturally, mm-hmm. right? And then eventually, you know, two people, they settle into each other. And this thing that used to be so fluid and natural now all of a sudden becomes something that you have to work at doing. And that's the important part of keeping love alive in a marriage or, Mm -hmm. you know, one part of keeping love alive in a marriage is consistently working on 
never losing touch with those things that used to make your eyes used to make your the things that you used to do that used to make her eyes light up Mm -hmm. the things that you used to do that used to make her smile Mm -hmm. you know the things that you do you used to do that would make her laugh yeah you know um you have to stay in touch with those things and even though you may not do them as often as you used to as long as you never stop doing them you'll always have the ability to just light that fire whenever need to I can think about one moment very, like, very vividly. It was on my 40th birthday when we went to Dominican Republic and we were driving around that little golf cart. (laughs) And you were just like, you you were being like a fucking tourist guide. You were just like, and this is over there and this. And then you you were just so fucking excited, Evo. I was like a kid in the candy store. I mean, I, I... And, and... And I just was like in such an awe of you that I was just like, man, I love this man. Because you were just so excited to be there, even though it was my birthday. Because <laughs> when it's my birthday, it's Evil's birthday, yeah. right? Um, but it was just your excitement for it. And it almost made me feel like when we first started dating and I got in your car for the first time and I was like looking around, I was like, oh my God, this car's so cool. Like I was just in such awe of you because you were just being you and you were just like in, in in like you were just in your i was in my element yeah you, know, so you were in your element and i and i remember just being like man i love this guy for our, for our <laughs> viewers and listeners who are who are probably not fully understanding what it is that we're talking about uh for her 40th birthday birthday i took us to the dominican republic to la romana and we stayed in casa de campo yeah and so i spent seven years of my life in in la romana and um one of my best friends his mother was the entertainment director for alto de chabon which is of like a historic part of casa de campo Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of like um you know celebrity celebrity people that stay there and everything. And for like reference if people don't know what alto chabon is oh say it again alto de chabon um, uh, alicia keys did a she does yes. there's a video where she's playing the piano yeah at the bottom of they the an, stadium they have a, like yeah this like stadium like an arena type and it's of, made out of stone made out of stone where she played yeah um and so i spent a lot of my years my childhood years going to this resort called called casa de campo and inside Casa de Campo is Alto de Chabón. And we used to be, me and, the, me, and the, me and my best friend, we used to run around there like that was our backyard. I spent so many years just, you know, just living in that place. And so when we went back, it was like all of a sudden I can show you this part of my life and take you through all of these memories that yeah. I had of, of you know, me being a child. And it was just so, it was so, it was so exciting. And I was like, I was, li- I was literally like a little kid all over. Yeah, again. it was. I was. That was one of those moments for me. It I mean, was, I, I have many, but that was that one was very recent. Yeah. So I mean, you know, th- those are those are definitely things that are important um, in keeping the love alive in a marriage. Uh, the compliments, you know, those are always important. Don't ever let those, you know, stray too far. Mm-hmm. You know, don't ever stop telling. Even the small, you know, you look great today. You know, those things are very important. You'd be surprised how uh, deflated a partner could feel by not receiving those compliments from their significant other I think for especially, a very long time. I think especially a man saying those compliments yeah, to absolutely. his wife, especially if she's had children. Yeah. And I, I, that may sound a little shallow, but 
real talk as a woman, when we have children, you know, our body goes through a lot of changes. It's changes that sometimes are really shocking to us uh, because our body can do things that we never thought that they were going to fucking do. Um, and we go for we go from looking one way to looking the complete opposite. So to know that your partner is still like in awe of you is yeah. something that we will we, we're we're gonna look for it. Like I, I mean, I'm not saying that every woman is like that. I'm not. I don't want to generalize, but I, I'm speaking for myself and for a lot of women that I know. We definitely want our partners to still look at us like absolutely she's it, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Or like now, there's like a there's like a trend right now on TikTok. Like, what is your like? This is her picture, you know. Like, I want to know what picture you 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 show people, you know. Like when you feeling like uchi gucci about me. <laughs> I, I got these weird words like that, yeah, you know. That, but that, yeah, that, I know, I know where that comes from. Yeah, too. You, you know where that comes yeah. from. But th- that's that's what I'm trying to say. So I. One thousand percent agree with you that that is important. Cause, Definitely you know, want to keep the compliments flowing. Another thing that you want to keep going um, is those long conversations. You like you remember those long conversations that you used to have with that person, or maybe you pulled up. Uh, you know, you were about to drop them off, and you sat in the car for about another forty-five minutes just talking, or you know, maybe when you know when we were younger, you know, you'd be on the phone, and probably not even even now too. You know, the, it's just those moments where you're spending. S- just these extent this extended amount of time just speaking to one another okay? mm-hmm. those things they die they fade out in a relationship when 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 two people live together or they're in each other's presence day in and day out the 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 uh, the space to have those conversations all of a sudden just fades away so these are very important things that you make this effort to set to set time apart just to talk mm-hmm and it'd be a lengthy conversation i think i think that's the one thing that we do a lot yeah you know we we have a lot of long conversations um and it's it's healthy it's definitely healthy I mean, it yeah because because you know i'm about that talking yeah, shit you, you a talker and i'm a great <laughs> listener I, yeah I'm, he I'm, is I'm, i love to listen um so. when you say that i always just think about Evo and i um one of the one of the things that we love to do when we like make time for those kind of things uh we love to go eat ramen Mm-hmm. there's a place close to our home that is a BYOB and if you don't know what that is that's bring your own beer but we bring wine and we have a bottle of wine and we eat bowls of ramen and we talk and we just fucking talk like I want to say like 95% of the time I don't even bring my phone in like I'll just leave it in the car mm-hmm. Um, you know one of us has our phone because we have kids but there's there's like, like a no phone rule like you're not on your phone unless it's like a fucking emergency but other than that, we are just having conversation and I love to talk about everything and anything. So like, I think it's important to, to say that make an effort to talk about things that are just not related to your home life. Like yeah. don't go out to dinner. Don't go to a special event and talk about, you know, um, you know, how you want to remodel the kitchen or something like that. Talk about things that are going on in the world. Like, I don't know, do a fucking Google search. Like just have conversation about a new song that you heard, just things that are really unrelated to like your every everyday life at home. Mm-hmm. Cause that shit is can be boring. Like we could do that shit at home. Yeah. Like I, I want to talk about, you know, I don't know the last, you know, DC movie that I saw, or new movies that are coming out and how I'm like, yeah. those are the type and of creating, conversations. And creating a separate space for that is important because it just makes it feel new and refreshing, mm-hmm. you know? 
Um, and, and, and a lot of the things that I just mentioned um, cater to the male, right? You know, when it comes to the compliments, you know, and maybe engaging into the long conversations. And, um, but cater, I, you, you mean cater to the woman, but the male has to do them? Yes, thank okay. you, thank you. But one thing that um, is important that can go either way, and this is your strong suit, is coming up with new activities. Oh yeah, I I love to do that. You know, shit. so like it's not always like falling on the on the man in the relationship to do all these things. You know, there's things that a woman can do in the relationship that kind of like keeps things new and interesting. And I mean, that's your strong suit. Yeah. You know? And it's good to. That's another thing that it's also helpful in a relationship is to be able to identify each other's strengths and each other's weaknesses and play off that. You know, and I think that you're great at that, you know, when it comes to coming up with new things for us to do and, and places for us to go. And I love every every minute of it because you're always coming up with all these interesting things to, for us to do. Yeah. And I would say that um, you're always a good sport about oh, yeah. whatever I'm it down. is. I'm yeah, you're, you're definitely always down. Yeah. And but that being said, like, just because I'm great at something doesn't mean that you don't also do those things. Like, right. I do push for you to like, I'm like, listen, this event is this day's coming. Mm -hmm. You know, it's let, let's oh, yeah. say, no, I, for example, Valentine's Day is coming. Um, I'm not going to sit there and be like, I want to do no. Figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, you, you've been with me more than long enough to know uh, what I like. So figure out uh, something for us to do that is special because I, I think every woman and man like surprises. I will give a couple of tips, though, because I feel like one of the things that I've noticed more recently on social media are all these fucking ads for things for people to buy each other for Valentine's Day. And I was kind of like taken back by some of what some of the items were because I was like, if my husband came home and bought me a Pokemon card because uh, it was like a um, one of the ads that I saw was like it was basically like uh, fake Pokemons that were designed to like be his and hers. Mm -hmm. And it was a card that you gave your significant other as a gift. I was like, um, no. Unless you're taking me to like a comic book store and you're like telling me get any fucking pop you want, then that's a different conversation because, you know, I'd be ready for that. I know you love them things. Yeah. Uh, so but that's what I'm trying to say. Like, you have to understand what it is that your partner likes. Like, just don't be buying them some random shit. So a good piece of advice for any gentleman or woman out there. If you want to use social media to your advantage, go check out your partner's Pinterest account. Mm -hmm. go check out all the things that they pin or go on their amazon account and see all the things that they have on their wish list or their save for later and see how if maybe you if not get them that exact thing something that's in that realm because if you if you really want to get something for them that like maybe they're not willing to get for themselves because it's kind of like a wish like uh you know it's not really important you know but i'll i'll um Maybe one day I'll get it. Like if it's, you know, I'm celebrating something. I don't know. That is a perfect in how to like figure that shit out. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I also think that in the simplest terms, mm -hmm. laughing. I mean, just la if <laughs> if you can just not lose touch with the things that you used to do to make your significant other smile. 
um, is it, it's like an an unlimited resource mm-hmm. of a stress release that you can create mm-hmm. between you and your partner. I mean, it's it's the best thing to ever do. You know, like I can't I can't count the number of times that I just love to see you smile. Yeah, uh, you're really good at it. So, <laughs> thank you. Um, and I think that it's important. I I try I try to always um, keep that as like a, you know, keep that in my back pocket, and I make sure that you know you always pull that out and do it as much as I can because I know how much you love. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Your face right now. And for people that are just listening to us, not watching up, I'm sitting here with the biggest smile on my face right now because I'm going to tell you why evil saying this to me. I'm going to tell you what I think about. I think <laughs> I think about all when I wake up in the morning, all the TikToks that you have sent me <laughs> that are like of all the things that I love to laugh at yeah. and all the things that I think are so fucking cute constantly and that sends, like constantly sending smiles your way. Yeah. You like know how to like get me at like my core, you know, like and it's sometimes I get the best videos from you <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm sending this shit to everybody. Remember when remember when I used to kill it with the memes? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I found out. I, I figured out that you liked memes, <laughs> and I used to come up with the best memes to send you. Used to, you still do. I still. I you, mean, not as much as I no, used to. You sent one the other day that fucking <laughs> took me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll never forget the first time that you sent one that fucking took me into outer space. <laughs> <laughs> so. I remember I was leaving work with my very good friend Amanda and we were going somewhere and then I was like, Hey, you should come and like meet us at this place. Da-da-da-da-da. And then you sent me that fucking SpongeBob and um meme where he gets in the ground and covers himself up. You were like, How about no? And I remember I looked at Amanda and I was like, Did he just tell me to go fuck off in a meme? You know what? You know what's? I think you know what the best part about that meme. And mind you, this is like ten years ago. I think the the best part about that meme was that I knew you in a way where I knew that you you were trying to you wanted me to come and meet you, right? And you were trying to be cute about it, but in reality, there was a hidden agenda on why you really wanted me to come and meet you. There's always right, and I saw it from a mile away, and I was like, nope. And that shit blew your mind. I literally showed my friend the phone and I was like, did he just did he just tell me to go fuck yeah, off so and for the, meme? For those of you that, that don't know, SpongeBob digs a hole in the ground. He <laughs> lies in it and then covers himself up. He like literally buries himself. Oh, he buries himself. And I was like, and I saw what you were doing from a mile away. And yeah. I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> um, and honestly, since that day you have yeah. been on meme central yeah, yeah no you perfect memes yeah you you definitely always find ways to make me laugh um and i think that that is so important and i think that this is a great way to end the show because um we just yeah well i have one more before we end the show really yes one more okay, this, Evo, this, this is a you banger got, you got two minutes this is a banger <laughs> right and this is very important okay this is this is very important write that yeah, down this is very important okay one thing that you have to understand about a relationship is that there will always always be change and be willing and ready to accept it because that just means that you're willing to evolve with your partner mm-hmm. and understand them and there's nothing better than to be able to look at the person who you're with 
and know that they get you. How they say it in Avatar? I see, I see you. I see you. <laughs> right? Yeah. So with that, I think that comes that, that brings us to the end of that, our show. Wrap it up, B. Wrap that shit up. Was a wrap it up box. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I feel like our last couple of episodes they were um heavy. People were texting me and they were like, um, maybe you should give a disclaimer, <laughs> <laughs> like trigger warning. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's drinks with a splash of controversy for a reason. I yeah. think we went on the we definitely took a deep dive into the controversial side. So yeah. now now we're now we're we're back to shit talk Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so I want to thank everybody for joining us. Whether you are listening or you are watching us, yes. however you enjoy to consume our content, we greatly appreciate you. So go ahead and hit any button that's possible. So if you want to subscribe, you want to donate, you want to like, whatever tickles your fucking fancy. Leave go, a comment. Yeah, talk to us. Go ahead and do that shit. Uh, we would love to interact with you in any way possible. Yes, it's very important that you do uh, comment on any of the content that you see here because a lot of times we'll end up we'll read the comments mm-hmm. and then we potentially will make it part of our next episode yeah um we find ways to work in what our um, audience is saying to yes. us because it obviously is something that people want to talk about yeah. and so we you love may to just talk. be part of the next episode yeah right but uh until next friday ladies and gentlemen peace, peace out, out.